Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply placing a trade shouldn't be complicated it should be smooth as butter the fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission u.s stock and etf trades no account minimums and fractional shares trading fidelity where nothing comes between you and the trade that's smooth download our app free from the app store or google play Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Oh, hey, it's your friend's dog with the snaggletooth, Allie Ward. We're going to take a deep breath, all right? We got this. We got it. And let's get illuminated on the topic of black holes, shall we? So this ologist is a theoretical astrophysicist and a cosmic origins scientist in the Astrophysics Science Division at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland. And he got his bachelor's in physics, a master's in condensed matter physics, and that deals with how matter arises. And then he just topped off those degrees with a casual PhD in theoretical astrophysics at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. So we were introduced by Ology's fan favorite guest. You love her, Dr. Raven, the science maven, Baxter. And I trust her taste in everything. So I asked this NASA scientist to please meet me the next time he was in L.A. and be prepared to steal himself for questions that a six-year-old might ask about what is a black hole. He obliged and explained things so well, we're all going to learn enough to impress at least an eight-year-old, but also maybe the people who work in our office who are going to think that we're geniuses. So he showed up. He was wearing the coolest boots I've ever seen. They were this like dressy above the ankle with like embroidered gold floral motifs. And we headed into my home studio with two cups of tea and a small goblin named my dog. But before we get into it, thank you so much to everyone at patreon.com slash ologies who submitted questions about wormholes and dimensions and the singularity and so many terms that we're going to talk about. You too can be a patron. You can submit questions for me to read alongside your name. And thank you to everyone wearing our art on your bodies at ologiesmerch.com. And of course, you can support the show and just get it in more ears just by rating and leaving us a review. I read them every week, such as this hot one from THVCHHFDVBJFVG, who I think that was just fingers dancing on a keyboard, but they said, hit and run, more like hit and fun, and explained, yesterday I was rear-ended while driving home from work and listening to ologies, and as I waited for four hours for an officer to make a police report on the side of a busy highway, Allie and her guests guided me through amazing topics and helped me calm down with fun and learning. I was even able to laugh during what was a stressful situation. Oh, THVCHHFDVBJFVG, that sucks. That sucks so bad. Not for me, though, because that was a nice review. Okay, so the ology for this one is Black Hole Theory Cosmology, and it's a lot of words, but it's heavy stuff because a black hole, it's a spot in the universe where gravity and space and time go hog wild. Things go bonkers. And it's so strong, nothing can wrestle from it, not even light or you. So where are they? What are they? What's at the center of them? I don't know. But this guest does and is going to fill us in. So get ready for a dazzling 
two-parter that starts with the 101 of black holes, absolute basics, busting of flim-flam, the major players in the history of theories. What happens when they collide? How do we image them? What's the most giant, dense book you can buy about them? Where do trad goths fit into this episode? Does my dog exist? How many of me are they? The hows and how many's of black holes, how astrophysics is like drawing, and the greatest gift that he could give his mom with theoretical astrophysicist and black hole theory cosmologist, Dr. Ronald Campbell. Gamble, he, him, his. All right, let's get into it. My work is entirely focused on the theory of black holes. So a lot of people work on just observing them, and they're really looking at the matter around a black hole. I'm like, no, what is a black hole? How can we move our, how can we get to one, maybe? What's the theory around it? What's the math? Can I make new math to study a black hole? Do I need new math? Do I need to break my brain to study this? Mm -hmm. Of course, you mentioned cosmology. Mm -hmm. And that's a more kind of larger scale, kind of like an esoterical almost. What's our place in the universe? Where'd the universe come from? How many black holes are there? Was there a black hole at the beginning of the universe? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a black hole at the end of the universe? Who knows? But nobody panic, because that's a very long, long way away. (laughs) (laughs) What about, is there one in the middle of most solar systems? Let's let's pull Mm -hmm. back. Where exactly are we and what's in the center of the galaxy, our galaxy? So if you look at the map of a Milky Way, right? The Milky Mm -hmm. Way is a spiral galaxy. If you look at the arms of the spiral galaxy and you go kind of two thirds, a little, maybe a third out, Mm-hmm. That's where we are. That's where the solar system is. Okay. So we're in like a very sweet spot in the galaxy. Earth is in a sweet spot in the solar system. We are like perfectly placed. And just in case you're blanking, as far as we know, there's one universe. In that universe are up to two trillion galaxies. And the Milky Way is just one of those two trillion. And in the Milky Way, there are about 100 billion stars, including our one little sun, around which your planet revolves. So we're up here, we're worried about things like nose hairs and how many likes our baby announcement got while living a very short life on a tiny speck on a pinwheel arm of a spiral galaxy, our old Milky Way. But at the center of the galaxy is a supermassive black hole. So supermassive meaning it's at least a billion times the mass of our sun. Oh my God. So if you think a billion suns that is the mass of that black hole, and it's called Sagittarius Mm A-star. So now we named it. (laughs) That's at the center of our galaxy. And so we've been studying it for a long, long time. Do we know any more than a few numbers? No. (laughs) We still need theory about it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a very interesting object to think, you know, over a million, billion years, we're gonna fall into a black hole. Is it sucking things in as it goes? Is that why it's a spiral? Is it like a toilet going down? It depends on how the galaxy evolved. Okay. So you have many different types of galaxies, and I don't want to go into the galaxyology here. Okay. But <laughs> you have spiral galaxies, you have elliptical galaxies, you have globular galaxies that are kind of irregular. Mm-hmm. And that is just how the stars, planets, rocks, dust kind of accrete around 
the central object that's pulling them all in due to gravity. Could be a black hole, could be a larger, smaller galaxy at the center. Okay. Sometimes it is. Most of the time it's a black hole because okay. that's the only thing strong enough that can actually pull and hold a galaxy together. And then you have dark matter that's kind of squeezing everything in and holding a lot of things in place. And for more on specifically dark matter, you can see our Scoto Hylology episode with Dr. Flip Tenedo to learn more about how it's everywhere, but we can't see it. We don't know what it does. Maybe you're a ghost. We talk about that. So do we know the connection between dark matter and dark energy and black holes? Not yet. Okay. Um, come back and I'll tell you 15 years, 20, okay. 50 years. I don't know. Just a quick question. What is gravity? Where is it coming from? Good question. So if I have... Flat space-time, mm -hmm. okay? We are talking about curvature now. Okay. So now we're talking about space-time curvature. That is the strength of gravity, mm -hmm. right? So gravity in and of itself is the curvature of space-time. It is a force. It's one of the four fundamental forces. Electromagnetism, the strong and weak nuclear force, and then there's gravity. Gravity is always the one that eludes us because we still don't know how it behaves entirely. Mm -hmm. But we're going back to this flat sheet. If there's no gravity, space-time is flat. Right. As soon as I place anything with mass or energy, space-time curves. <sighs> and that creates gravity. So mass is mass, but gravity is space-time bending to that mass. And we'll talk about space-time in a bit. But imagine a wireframe or a grid, and it's stretching and warping around mass and energy. Aha. Now, how can I curve space-time? Do I just need a static object just sitting there? Yeah, it'll sit there. Or it could spin. What happens if it spins? Well, you're creating more gravity. Why is the spinning creating more gravity? Because you're curving space-time. Oh, because it's spinning, so it's deforming space-time a little bit more. Not only that, but if I spin faster, I'm getting more energy. So I'm curving space-time more. So I have more gravity, right? So again, how else can you curve something? Are donuts curved? Yeah, but they have a hole in the center. Mm -hmm. So if I have something that's at the very center, right, and it's like a ball or a black hole, mm -hmm. and it's curving space-time, we have gravity— but what if I also have something that's on the edge, but it's more shaped like a donut or a disc with mm -hmm. a hole in the center? We call that an annulus, but mm -hmm. okay. Donuts, anyone? Just a side note. When you see an eclipse and there's a glowing ring, like a halo from the sun around the silhouette of the moon, that's also called an annulus. And annulus comes from the root word for ring. And um, yeah, an, an annulus is related to the other hole that sounds like it that you're thinking about. Disc hole, <laughs> for now. <laughs> and that has mass energy. Mm -hmm. And it's rotating. Does that create gravity? Yeah. Now, if I keep going further and further out, observations tell me, hey, there's this extra mass that's sitting on the edge of galaxies. What the hell is that? Dark matter. Is dark matter creating gravity? Yes. A lot of it or a little of it or all enough of it? Enough to keep... <laughs> it, it creates enough of effect or enough force, right, to keep the galaxy spinning faster than it should at the edge. Now, does dark matter have gravity? Yeah. 
It only interacts with gravity and nothing else is why we can't see it. Mm-hmm. Are dark matter and dark energy and black holes made of the same thing? I have no idea. Oh. Cliffhanger. Interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love a cliffhanger. Okay, so do you think black holes then is the th- is one of the theories that black holes predated galaxies because they just started sucking in matter and then that's kind of what made the galaxy gather there. That's kind of what's going yeah. on. So the term there, and I'm just going to try to keep it super basic, Okay, is accreting matter. Okay. So we're talking about accreting matter. We're talking about the black hole pulling things in. Um, and at the same time, if you pull something in and you're self-gravitating, you have a likelihood to rotate. Mm-hmm. So you're pull- not only pulling things in, but you're also rotating around. Mm-hmm. So it kind of creates that spiral look, that spiral geometry. But if you do it over millions and billions of years, then... You're going to get more matter, more stars, planets. There are smaller nebula. There are smaller systems inside the disks of galaxies. And a nebula is this huge blob of dust and gases. And part of your body and your brain might be made up from stars that were made in a nebula. And no, I can't really handle that. But yeah, a black hole accretes and draws in all kinds of things like planets and stars and nebulae and your car keys and my sandwich. So you could imagine like stellar mass black holes, which are black holes the size of our sun, Mm -hmm. in the disk around a supermassive black hole. And there could be a thousand of them there. Really? Because they're the size of stars. How many stars are in the Milky Way? A couple of hundred billion. So you can imagine, well, there's probably some black holes there. Yeah. Falling into another black hole. Falling into another black hole, that's a much larger black hole. So a supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, but then sprinkled in there a bunch of sun-sized black holes, just dark voids that light and matter can't get out of. And I had a difficult time processing this, and I think I may have dissociated for a moment. So now it's like, yeah, your face. Yeah. What the hell? What? Can black holes be (laughs) tiny and in our solar system? Like, is there a possibility that there's little pinpoints of black holes here and there around us, or are black holes only gigantic? Short answer, and I have to say this, is no. Okay. Long answer is yes. Okay. But we call them primordial black holes. So those are black holes that they're not like your traditional black hole, like traditional meaning like the center of the galaxy. Like that's our run-of-the-mill black hole. Mm -hmm. But these are more kind of, these are geared towards much longer timescales. We're talking about cosmology. We're talking about cosmological times. We're talking going back near the Big Bang. What do those black holes look like? And those are on the scales. Those are tiny black holes. So we're talking like when they're probably on the masses of like maybe like atoms, molecules, maybe up to the size of like a planet. We're talking about micro black holes. Mm-hmm. The mass of a black hole does not matter. The physics of the black hole is the same. Whether you have a supermassive black hole or micro tiny primordial black hole, the black hole physics are the same as okay. we found out. Theory says that, and theory's been correct so far. There's some holes. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> but it's been pretty good so far. Thus far, it's been pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. There's not a black hole that can just randomly pop up. Okay. Guys, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> There's not going to be one in Manhattan. You're going to see it in a movie. <laughs> it's only in movies. <laughs> You're like, like, 
<laughs> Dr. Gamble had a bad day. A black hole opens up in a subway. <sighs> like, <clears throat> coming to a theater near you. Right. Okay, so we're going to talk about the structure of them. But I want to ask you about you. How does one go from a normal person who doesn't know <laughs> shit about this to someone who is like a theoretical astrophysicist studying the nature of black holes? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. How did it happen? So you first, you have to be four years old um, with a (laughs) solar system placemat in front of you. Pluto was a planet in 1995. Uh Fuck that. Um, (laughs) And then you ask your mom, does the sun have fire? And that's where my story begins. Really? (laughs) Four years old. And she was like, oh, crap. Okay. I need to put him in something. Because she's a, she was, she has a degree in biology. She Mm -hmm. was like, okay, I don't do space yeah (laughs) (laughs) so she she did that so i mean all along through childhood through college high school whatever i would just ask myself okay well what if what gravity is weird but what does gravity actually do what do black holes do what's inside of a black hole so i googled i looked up um okay well what are the unanswered questions in physics yeah what do we not know yet Dark matter was like at the top of the list, dark energy. There's another weird thing that I'm probably not going to mention because it's going to take us another hour. Segue. What is it? What is it? It's called dark flow, but I'm not going to. Oh, my God. I've yeah, never even heard of it. It's a bunch of weird stuff. It's a controversial hypothesis, apparently. So we're just going to set that aside. But if you happen to Wikipedia, don't get distracted by this italicized warning on the top of the page. It says not to be confused with dark energy, dark fluid, dark matter, or dark wave. And I was like, hmm. And I clicked the dark wave link and it takes you to a page about the 1990s goth scene, which then took me to an external website uh, where I learned that I would be considered a, an elder trad goth. So where were we? We were spiraling. Um, And then, of course, some other things that pertain to black holes and the Big Bang. And then I'm like, okay, so, and I looked up, well, why haven't we figured this out? Oh, well, we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, why can't I do this? Yeah. So fast forward to college, undergrad, I'm asking my advisor, I'm like, okay, so I want to study black holes. Like, um, we don't have anybody here that does that. I'm like, okay, well, how do I, how do I do this? I'm like, math. And I look up. I open what we call the Gravity Bible, which mm-hmm. is Meisner, Thorne, and Wheeler, Gravity. That's heavy, man. Thank you, mm-hmm. MTW, for all the <laughs> headache you've given me. <laughs> so gravitation, it's a 1,280-page high-level textbook. And yes, it is a religious text to astrophysicists. So it was initially published, first came out in 1973, and the reviews for it still swoon, saying things like, A pedagogic masterpiece. There were a Rotten Tomatoes for physics books. This would be certified fresh. And it was co-written by Charles Meisner and Kip Thorne and John Wheeler. And Kip was a co-winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics. And this book covers such topics as the theory of relativity, flat and curved space-time, and black holes, gravitational collapse, gravitational waves, cosmology, and so much more, like an infomercial for a manual of the universe. And it's got this stark black cover with a white diagram of an apple, some sans-serif font, and kind of a rebellious sense of Nixon-era futurism. And honestly, I saw it and I was like, this would be the perfect graphic for a dark wave album. So if you are ever set up on a date, let's say, someone sets you up on a date with an astrophysicist and you should want to marry them on that first date, just ask them if they still have their copy of Gravitation lying around. And I look, I'm like, oh shit, 
there's a lot of math here that I didn't know at the time. Like, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. The hell is a metric tensor and all this? And I'm like, okay, so let me flip. And I go through the glossary and I'm like, okay, that's a lot of terms. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had not taken calculus three yet. So I'm like, okay, let me go back to my actual homework that's due tomorrow, Uh finish this and then go back on like weekends or my own time and start taking notes. I started just rewriting things I saw in textbooks. I didn't know what they said. I didn't know what they meant. But I knew, okay, I had to practice memorizing some of this. Mm -hmm. So that when I actually went back and I learned the math now, became an expert in the math, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen it a while now. So without knowing the full context, yeah, Dr. Gamble got familiar with the shapes of the equations, the patterns, so that later the figures were familiar and he could jump into the hows and the whys of that what. I can now really explode my brain, right? Mm -hmm. And be like, okay, well, okay, well, let me come back to my art background. I'm a painter also. So I double majored in art and physics in undergrad. I did not know that. Yes. (gasps) Superpowers. Did you make a lot of space painting? I honestly, I didn't. Okay. You're like, this is a different (laughs) part of my life. You're like, I'm. I did a lot of seascapes because I like the beach. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite things. I did a lot of portraits. Um, But haha, you heard it here first. I am going to be doing a like cubism black hole series in 2024. Yeah. I'll show you. So we will link Dr. Gamble's social media in the show notes in case you'd like to own a painting by someone whose brain comprehends beautifully terrifying things in the universe. That's the story of how I kind of, you kind of get interested in it, mm-hmm. but you have to be really intimate with the theory, with the actual philosophy of black hole. What's a black hole mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I asked. And so I was like, okay, well, let me learn everything I can while college is cheap mm-hmm. <laughs> in undergrad. <laughs> uh, you know, I can just take an extra class because I have a scholarship here <laughs> and just learn and ask questions. That's what I really did. I asked a lot of questions, both to my professors, to myself, and then others who actually studied black holes. And then I just went and did it. I just found the textbooks, some of the math. I knew I learned how to learn a lot of math. Mm-hmm. So I started my graduate thesis, my dissertation, two years before I got into grad school. Oh, wow. So it was the summer before my junior year in undergrad. That's when I first started learning the math that I knew I would need it for my PhD. So I was kind of like a foresight. And what was your PhD? What was the dissertation oh name? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here are the words that I can't really ignore. Okay. My dissertation was on a nonlinear gravitational wave theory for rotating black holes with a positive cosmological constant. Okay. Under a viscoelastic interpretation. Okay. Once again, that was on gravitational radiation, nonlinear wave theory in visco Alaska's care lambda space-time. Yep. So what that means is, is I quite literally created <laughs> an extension to Einstein's theory of relativity mm-hmm. that now interpreted space-time as some elastic property. Wow. visco Alaska. visco Okay. So if you think of elastic putty, mm-hmm. that's how I envisioned space-time to act around a rotating black hole, radiating gravitational waves away. So I'm thinking, okay, okay, this is weird, yes, but I know the math to put this together. Mm -hmm. And so the math, literally, I was like working with Legos at that point Uh in grad school. (laughs) I had one- Literal Legos? Actual Legos? Sometimes, yes. Okay, oh my God. Legos are cool and I had them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're a grad student, play with Legos. (laughs) 
But the math was like Lego. So we're like building blocks. Mm-hmm. I could put an integral or derivative together and put tensors together and reconstruct them, break them down and make new ones. And I made some new math. Mm-hmm. It's like fake new math, but it's an operation that didn't exist before and I needed it to actually do my work. So I was like, okay, well, why doesn't this, again, why doesn't this exist? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not there, then create it. Yeah. So again, you know, I was trained as an artist. I put the paintbrush down and picked up a piece of chalk uh-huh. for math. So it's the same. It used the same parts of your brain. That's what I used the whole time. The creative aspect of your brain. That's how I did my work. And so can you explain where Einstein's calculations don't really apply to some of what's out there? Like, I understand that like dark matter might not totally fit in with the theory of relativity. Like there's something that it's like, oh, yeah. uh, this doesn't work here. Yeah. What's going on there? So, okay. So, no, Einstein's field equations, which mm-hmm. is the principal equation for general relativity. And remember, general relativity is all about how mass affects the four dimensions of time and space, but not for all stuff. Things get really weird when you get to particles smaller than atoms. It doesn't quite work for dark matter Uh or dark energy. We have a best guess. Of course, we have some modified gravity equations. I'm going to leave it there because that's a whole other topic. (laughs) But if you go beyond the event horizon of a black hole, right? So that's kind of the outer surface. That's like the the point of no return, right? If you go inside that, relativity fails. (gasps) We don't know what's going on. So we're kind of taking the equations and we're kind of smearing them closer and closer slowly, but we it's not a as simple as A plus B equals C. It's A plus a little change in A plus A plus another little change in A plus A. Mm-hmm. We're trying to sneak up on C or something and not try to use B, right? As, an, as a full-fledged equation. But we can only do that but so much. And then they fail right at the event, right at the singularity. We have no idea what's going on. We would need something called quantum gravity. (laughs) So gravity theories that work with those subatomic particles. But that's not really happening yet. It's mystery. But we would need an interpretation of gravity on a quantum scale now. Okay. Which, as of right now, we don't have a, I would say, a consensus for what that theory should look like. Mm -hmm. We have a whole bunch of competing theories. One of them is loop quantum gravity. We have a bunch of other string theories, another one, but that's, you need at least seven dimensions to do that. It's madness. I know. But, you know, we're working on, okay, well, very simple questions. Does gravity behave the same way for planets as it does atoms? Aha. And that's where the quantum comes in. And that's the quantum aspect. Uh Is it the same? If it's not the same, well, then we need new physics. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. How do we test for new physics? We have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Can you walk me through the anatomy of black hole? Because what I understand is there's the event horizon, which is like the Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. everything's kind of burning up around the edges. And then (laughs) where is the singularity? And from what I picture it, it's like a big butterfly net that tapers into something massive. But like, am, how wrong am I? I cringe I'm whenever so, I see that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just picture the it's wireframe, a, like, I know, and I, and I, I'm sorry. I try not to kill people for it, but it's like, <laughs> okay, that's the best, like, mathematical yeah. representation we could draw. I'm like, okay, guys, do better. Oh. We can 
Okay, so Okay, so it's it's not a funnel. Okay. Hang on to your hats, people. So a black hole is actually a sphere. What? Yeah. It's actually a sphere. So not only is it a sphere, but because the black hole is rotating, it squishes along the poles. Mm-hmm. So it's an oblate spheroid. Wow. The Earth is an oblate spheroid. It's not a perfect sphere because it rotates. Like an M&M or like a... Exactly. Like a not as squished M&M. Not as squished, M- a fat M&M. Okay. So if you think a fat M&M, that's what a black hole is. Oh my God, and that's edge on, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now if we're looking bird's eye view down, down the pole, you're going to see a perfect circle. Okay. Because it has what we call kind of circular or equatorial symmetry. Mm-hmm. So it's perfectly circular along, along the equator. But as you kind of go up towards the poles, it changes. Mm-hmm. It's not a perfect sphere. So now that's the outside of a black hole, right? So along the middle, perfectly round, toward the top and bottom, less so. And around the black hole is a corona, and that's apparently a billion degrees Celsius, which Americans, that would be 1.8 billion and 32 degrees Fahrenheit, in case you're getting close to one. But yeah, inward from the corona, but before the event horizon, is a hot nightlife spot called Ergosphere. Before we go inside, there's another area right outside the black hole that's called the ergosphere. Okay. Ergosphere meaning work sphere, work region. Uh-huh. The essence of the ergosphere is that space-time itself, not you, not just the black hole, but space-time itself is being dragged around. So it is quite, quite impossible for you to stay still in the ergosphere. Because it's getting dragged because around. Because it's being dragged around the black hole with the blast. The black hole spin, space-time is being dragged around. So not dragged around like a merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine if you were on a merry-go-round, right? And you took a picture, a long exposure picture, mm-hmm. and you went around the merry-go-round, your image would smear, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you would see around a black hole in the ergosphere. You could see the back of your own head. No. Because the light would be dragged all the way around and hit your eyeballs. Yes. Okay. Space time <laughs> in a nutshell. So dragging space time is so hard to grasp for, for someone who's like, today is Wednesdays, tomorrow's Thursday. Right. Da, 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 I'm this year's old. What is space time in the aspect that it can be dragged? We're sitting in this studio. I can clock your time. I can figure out your position in 3D, in 4D. But is that actually space-time? No, we are talking about events now, not just points. We have to go to 4D instead of 3D. Okay. So XYZ and time. 4D, we're talking about events in space-time now. So if some cosmic object were flat, it would occupy two dimensions on an X and a Y axis. But when something is three-dimensional, it has that added dimension of depth, and we exist in a three-dimensional world. So I toss a sock at your face, and that goes through three dimensions. But according to Einstein, time is not only money, it's also the fourth dimension. Woo! So space-time doesn't... They're going to kill me for this. <laughs> space time, space time doesn't exist without events. Okay. Okay. Got it. Like it's, plotting points, sort of? Almost like plotting points. Okay. Right? So you can imagine the graph itself, like graph paper, 
You gotta imagine you put your dog on graph paper. Okay. All right. And now you can't see the graph paper. Because you're looking at the dog. Because you're looking at the dog. But you know that the dog exists at some point on the graph paper. So we're looking at mass and events, but can't forget that underneath it all, space and time are affected and doing all kinds of mysterious things. That is space-time. Yeah. It is there, and there Mm -hmm. may be some quantum interpretation of it that we haven't figured out yet. On a very, very small, we call it the Planck scale. We're talking 10 to the minus 35 meters. Tiny, Uh tiny, tiny. Space-time in essence, turns into what's called a quantum foam. Yep, it's actually called, I looked this up, quantum foam or space-time foam. So now in terms of just like a flat or the graph paper analogy, now you're talking about something like uh, whipped cream. So you're talking about like foam on top of a latte in terms of not just events existing, but events popping in and out of existence. So now, okay, your dog might be there or it might not be. Is that superposition or no? That's totally different. That is superposition. Ha-ha. Yes. Okay, so that's Schrodinger's dog, sort of. That is, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's where you would start. <laughs> Just a little heads up. The thought experiment of a cat in a box exposed to a 50-50 chance of dying from radioactive poison inside the box is 50% a bummer, but it was a way for Schrodinger, who was a founder of quantum mechanics, to highlight that superposition is an absurdity when it's scaled up. But superposition, that means something that can exist in multiple states until it's observed, has been validated experimentally via photons. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. But first, we're going to take a break for sponsors of the show. We always donate to a cause of the ologist choosing Thanks to sponsors of the show. And I'll be really honest, I realized that I didn't get the cause that Dr. Gamble wants us to go to, but it's okay because we're back next week for part two. We'll donate on behalf of this episode and next episode next week, we'll tell you all about it. But yeah, oops, that's how fresh these episodes are. I record this today, you get them tonight. Anyway, thanks sponsors. Ologies with Allie Ward is sponsored by Squarespace, and Squarespace has been part of my daily life for the last seven and a half years. Ologies might not exist without Squarespace. I had to make a website for this, and I was so intimidated. It took me over a year, and then one night I was like, you know what? I've heard about Squarespace. I'm going to try it, and now look at us. If you don't think you need a website, guess what? You probably do, especially if you're an academic. Have some place where all your papers are. People can contact you. Anyway, they have so many tools for entrepreneurs. They have Fluid Engine, which is this kind of next generation website design system. It's from Squarespace. It's drag and drop technology. You can use it on desktop or mobile. They also have an asset library so you can manage all of your files from this central hub and then you can use them across the whole platform. They have professional website templates. They have designs for every category, every use case, no matter what you need a website for. Get a website, start your business. Look, it worked for me. Ding. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash ologies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You could do it. You could do it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So is my brain. Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you want to do. I know time is the most valuable thing that you have. Boy, let me tell you, I had to learn this over time. You know what helped? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was BetterHelp. Because yes, 
I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible. And I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat. You can text. You can do video calls. You can do phone calls. For some reason, you are not vibing with your therapist. You can switch at any time. No extra cost. No drama. So let me tell you. Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours. And you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. It's about time. Okay, here's how I like my clothes. I like them classic. I like them well-made. I like them comfortable. And I like them ethical, which is why I flipped when I first heard about Quince. So Quince partners directly with these top factories. So they cut out the cost of the middleman and then they pass the savings on to, obviously, you. They have these 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters that start at 50 bucks. They have organic cotton sweaters. They have washable silk tops. They even have 14 karat jewelry in case you were looking for a present maybe for yourself. So Quince items are priced like 50 to 80% less than similar brands. But Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And I like that their styles are well-made, well-cut, but also classic. I did not own a cashmere sweater before Quince. That was the kind of thing that I would splurge for for other people, but not myself. But I was like, you know what, Quince? I think I shall. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash ologies for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ologies. You look amazing. How you doing on that D, that vitamin D? Could be better. I feel you. Some of us are coming out of a winter. I don't know how much outside time you get. I don't know how your vitamin D is dietarily, but I know a lot of people, including myself, especially women over 18, 97% of us not getting enough vitamin D from our diet. Rituals like, how about I help you? They're a clinically backed multivitamin. So skeptics, here's a multivitamin that's like, yeah, we use science to formulate this. I think you're going to like it. Ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're gluten and major allergen free. I also like that Ritual is a female founded B Corp. So they're doing good for the health of people and the planet. Ritual multivitamins are also gentle on an empty stomach. I like that when I open mine, they have kind of a minty essence. I've got Ritual vitamins in my belly right now, to be honest. I take them every day. They have kind of a lava lamp look with oil and beads inside. I also have their melatonin caps at night when I need to go bye-bye, Zs. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. And get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash ologies. So start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. So that's ritual.com slash ologies for 20% off. Okay, so for more on that superposition too, you can see the quantum ontology episode with Dr. Adam Becker. But back to black holes and what is happening on the inside to affect the outside. So the event horizon is sort of that equatorial mishmash of things going around. Where is singularity? It's at the very, very center. Now, again, because the black hole is spherical, the event horizon is actually a sphere. Oh, so oh, not, oh, the whole thing is a sphere. It's a sphere, yes. Now, here's the thing. Here's okay. the caveat. We have four different classifications of black holes. You have a non-rotating, non-charged black hole, which is a Schwarzschild black hole. Cool. Mm -hmm. We have a rotating black hole that's uncharged. Kerr black holes. Those are your astrophysical ones, right? Okay. Um, we have charged, non-rotating, mm -hmm. and then we have rotating charged. 
Okay. Okay. So that's our little black hole Punnett square. Okay. So think of charged being caffeinated and rotating being the churning stomach of lactose. So there's an oat milk decaf, non-charged, non-rotating, a whole milk decaf one, rotating but uncharged, a full calf oat milk, charged, non-rotating, and lastly, a rotating charged whole milk full caffeine. And I guess you can get any of those with space-time foam, depending on how good your barista is. If you have a non-rotating black hole, the singularity is a point. Okay. So it's an infinitely small point where all our lines, all our paths in space-time point, and you can't get out. They all point down to the center. As soon as you rotate that thing, it turns from a point into a ring. Oh. So an astrophysical black hole, because we we assume they're all rotating, right? Mm -hmm. It would have a ring singularity. Not a point. It would be a ring at the very center. And still tiny, tiny? And still very tiny, tiny. What's in the middle of the ring? We don't know yet. (laughs) So now you can imagine, instead of you going from a point, you're now going to something that is kind of like a a ring, a little surface. Mm -hmm. So you can think of like a disk that space-time ceases to exist on. And at the very edge of that disk is our event horizon. Mm-hmm. That's that ring, mm-hmm. right? Anything inside that singularity is what we call elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere? Is that actually the term? It's the actual technical term. No way. It is the actual technical term. We have <laughs> we, we have the past, of course, uh-huh. right? So we have the future, mm-hmm. okay? Past and future. And if you look at a like a XYZ plot, if I'm pointing up vertical on the plot, my axis would be like time. The horizontal axis would be space. Cool. Okay. A a trajectory that's exactly at forty five degrees mm-hmm. would be like traveling at the speed of light. In that tiny of an area, sort of. In that regard, yes. Yeah. So again, we we have to think abstractly here. Mm-hmm. If I am moving faster than light, I'm moving closer and closer towards that spatial axis. Okay. So the speed of light cuts right through space and time on a graph, which is just a tiny sliver of where it lands. But that angle would change if you're beating light on the speed axis. Which means time doesn't really pass that much, which means time is getting slower and slower and slower. But I'm covering more and more space elsewhere. No. So we have the future that's directly up top. Uh Uh-huh. The past that's at the bottom of the axes, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the sides, left and right, we have what's called elsewhere. Bonkers. Bonkers, right? So time is not viscoelasticity. That is is partly like time expanding. In a sense, yes. Okay. But that was a new term that I came up with in grad school. Okay. So it's not very popular. It's out there. You can go read my dissertation if you want nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of math in it. There's 200 pages of math. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then if something gets, say, sucked into a black hole. Okay, so from what I understand, it's gravity condenses in that singularity. Sort of. It's just pulling sort it into of. it. So now you can imagine. So we go back to the putty, right? Yeah. So it's the best analogy I can probably give you. Go back to the putty, putty and you hold it in your hand, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine your hand being space-time. Okay. But the putty is like an atom of some kind. If you keep squeezing your hand around the putty, you are simulating space-time 
shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Oh. Well, what happens to the putty? Yeah. The putty has to condense also. But mm-hmm. the putty cannot overcome that force, which is gravity, mm-hmm. shrinking things down. So now you have no choice but to fall all the way towards the singularity. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, how long is that going to take? Yeah. An infinite amount of time. Because the duration of time becomes slower and slower and slower. Oh. But you're covering more and more space. So putty is matter, and your hand would represent the squish of gravity as space-time condenses. So this matter, the putty, gets slowly condensed toward a tiny point. It's like a cosmic stress ball on a Zoom call that feels like it's never going to end. Space will stretch out. Time will contract. Nuts. So when do you reach the singularity? You could maybe never. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) According to our... now. other theorists, yeah. you're going to listen to this. <laughs> According to our theories, mm-hmm. never. But we need new science. We need new physics. Mm-hmm. We need quantum gravity. Quantum gravity is probably going to be like the buzzword for this. <laughs> wow. okay. Yeah, we need quantum gravity. And there are innumerable black holes out there. There are probably trillions of black holes trillions out there. Trillions of black holes. And when yeah. you're studying them... So much of this is theory based on what kind of math can work. What about things like LIGO and things like the imaging of the event horizon that came out a couple of years ago that looked kind of like a a glowing orange disc? Okay, so for one of my other jobs, a TV job, Innovation Nation on CBS, I got to interview one of the data scientists imaging this event horizon of the black hole M87. And her name is Dr. Katie Bauman. Let's roll the tape. The event horizon of a black hole is its surface, a sort of point of no return. And therein lies the name of the project of which Katie was a part, the Event Horizon Telescope, an international collaboration capturing images of black holes using a global array of eight telescopes. So the glowing orange disk is called a photon ring. Okay. You are watching the very extreme matter as it's falling into the black hole. So mm-hmm. you are, we are quite literally taking an image of the edge of space-time. If you were to take a picture of the last thing a photon would see before it fell in, that's probably it. We are trying to get even closer. So now I am on a mission concept team to kind of extend that Event Horizon Telescope mm-hmm. concept into space so we can look even deeper So we're trying to appear right on the very edge of the event horizon. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What radiation can we collect? What do the photons look like? How are we going to collect weird matter? Do we see anything else there? Is that where aliens exist? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) How far away do you have to go to keep looking at those? And how far away was the photon ring that was imaged? The popular images that you see are both of Sag A star, okay. our Milky Way supermassive black hole, mm-hmm. and another supermassive black hole called M87. Mm-hmm. So, of course, these are catalog names, and astronomers love cataloging things. Uh-huh. Yikes. Um, <laughs> we have very weird names for shit, and I don't <laughs> understand why. Just pick one system and stick to it. Anyways, M87 presents itself as a very unique and very energetic black hole. It's at the right, perfect angle for observing. It's got a lot of activity around the disk. It's rotating very rapidly, and we like that. 
it's emitting in all types of spectra across the electromagnetic spectrum between radio, through gamma rays, cosmic rays, X-rays, infrared, all of them. And for more on X-rays, we have a radiology episode, um, as well as an invisible photology episode with an expert physicist on this about invisibility cloaks. And yeah, we're going to link those in the show notes. And yeah, so this black hole, M87, it's got a nice variety of rays. And we're like, ooh, thank you. We can use these. We like you. So it's a very nice, well-behaved, as I like to say, black hole. <laughs> um, there are others that are out there that are misbehaving. You're like, why are you doing this? Stop it. Uh-huh. Stay still. Stop merging. <laughs> you don't need to merge again after you've merged the first time. And yeah, if black holes can't escape each other's gravity, they can swallow each other. Like two cell phone providers that suddenly merge. And you're like, where do I even pay you bastards? So that is, that's what we're trying to see. Are photon rings the same around every black hole? Mm -hmm. Are there other photon rings that we haven't seen? Are there different types of photon rings? We get photon rings in two different directions. What happens? Um, So there's a lot of new science, a lot of new things that are out there. Have we figured them out yet? No. That's why we send stuff to space and observe. (laughs) And now you work with NASA. Yeah. Yeah. And NASA Goddard, Mm -hmm. right? And how long have you been with NASA? What was that like? So I started August 2021. They they kind of found me. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody applies to NASA and you send your application out and you're like, okay, I didn't get picked. I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. But then they said, okay, hey, do you want to interview? I'm like, the fuck? Yes. <laughs> Are you spamming me? Is this... And this was the deputy director, my current boss. I'm like, you got to be fine. You got to be kidding me. Are you real? Okay. Did you check the email address to make sure it wasn't like NASA 44445 at Hotmail? I checked it four times. <laughs> yeah. So I put together like 30 slides. Of like the work I was doing post grad school, um, it was unfunded, it was unsupported. I was just doing it on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, one day I'm going to present this to somebody and they're going to like it. Turns out it was NASA, oh my God. which got me my chop. Now oh my <laughs> they God. loved it and I'm like, okay, and you were doing this. Who'd you collaborate with? I'm like, nobody. Oh my God. I was like, oh, did you? Okay, so how were you supported? It's like I didn't have funding for this. I just did it because I liked it. And they were so impressed by it. That's got to be so gratifying. It was was so (laughs) gratifying. Now, it gets even better. So I tell my mom this, and she's like, shut up. I'm like, yeah, mom, with NASA. I said, when are you starting to get your job? I'm like, they haven't offered me anything yet. Mm -hmm. Don't jinx it. It was a four-month process. Another interview, and that is kind of like when my official offer came in and stuff. And I was like, okay, do I leave my current job and work for NASA? Do I make more money here? Or do I? And my mom's like, why are you thinking about yeah. this? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm being stupid. Yeah, sure, I'm going to accept. My very first day at my dream job at NASA was the day of my mom's birthday. Oh, man. August 16th, oh, man. 2021. So I gave her <laughs> my job acceptance to NASA for her birthday. Oh, that was her birthday God. gift. I'm like, mom. I finally got to NASA. So we both were like on the phone, like, I know, I'm crying too. Oh, wow. It was, yes, it was truly amazing. And I had to get her t-shirts and I probably still owe her NASA t-shirts, even though she has three. And it all started with a, is the sun on fire? It all started with, is the sun on fire? Yeah. Did you ever find that place, Matt? What, what, uh, what restaurant I, was it? I have no idea where it's at now. Mom, if you still have it, keep it because it's probably gold because yeah. Pluto is on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they it's don't make those anymore. Collector's item, either it's way. It's truly a collector's item. Uh, can I ask you questions from listeners? Yes. Okay, because we have 
Oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. So many. Um, okay. So next week, we will ask Dr. Ron Gamble, a smart person, all kinds of not smart and very smart questions in the thrilling and the heavy conclusion of Black Holes, including all of your questions from Patreon. Meanwhile, we've linked his work and social media in the show notes, along with a ton of related episodes that you might love and get Cosmic Vertigo from. Um, We also have shorter episodes that are classroom-friendly. They're okay for kids, and those are called Smologies, and they're linked in the show notes, as well as our social media. We're at Ologies on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Allie Ward all over the place. Allie just has one L. And to become a patron and submit your questions and maybe hear your name, including audio questions that we may play your voice on the show, you can sign up at patreon.com slash ologies. It's just a dollar to get in there. Ologies merch is available at ologiesmerch.com. Thank you, Aaron Talbert, for adminning the Ologies Podcast Facebook group. Aveline Malik makes our professional transcripts. The wonderful Noel Tilworth is our scheduling producer. Susan Hale is our managing director. The Dark Matter holds us all together. Kelly Ardwyer does the website. Nick Thorburn wrote the theme music. And our supermassive editor swirling all this together into an episode is Mercedes Maitland of Maitland Audio. And if you stick around until the end of the episode, I'll tell you a secret. You're going to get three today. Can you believe it? Okay, number one, those boots that I mentioned up top, I'm not going to gatekeep those. They're made by Taft. And I only know that because I looked on Dr. Gamble's Instagram and I was like, ooh, what are those boots? After he wore them to my house. They're lovely boots. I just want to let you know. Take a gander. Gorgeous. They are not a sponsor of the show at all. I'm just shouting them out. Two, I recorded a bunch of this voiceover already and then I went to go edit it and I realized that my mic hadn't been on. It happens infrequently. But when it does, I want to take something wet and floppy like an alive jellyfish and I want to hit myself in the face with it. But it's okay. We got to the end. The least casual secret I'm going to tell you is that on March 1st, I'm having some surgery. What am I having done? Is it elective? Is it cosmetic? Is it urgent? Are they going to know I'm a fake redhead and not give me too much anesthetic? Should I do an anesthesiology episode? Groggily? I might see if they'll let me take my whole kit into the operating room. I don't know if that's a violation of my own HIPAA laws. Anyway, I won't tell you quite what it is yet. We'll wait to get a little more information, but I'm going to try my best in early March to recover okay. We'll see what we can crank out during that recovery. And yeah, we'll learn some stuff from it eventually, but March should be interesting. So, But next week, obviously, we'll be back with the thrilling conclusion of Black Holes Part 2. Stay tuned. Okay, bye-bye. Pachydermatology, homeology, cryptozoology, lithology, nanotechnology, meteorology, Enjoy your latte. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes episodes. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 
25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.